What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. An intense interrogation, a poisoning, a burnt Russian network, and finally, a death. There's so much to dig into, and we are excited to jump in, share our predictions on the next Homeland. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. There it goes. I wish I knew how to do this piano thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There is our cue. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Homeland After Buzz TV show. I am Leslie, and I am joined by... And I am Roger, and happy to be back. Happy to be back. We are so excited to dig into these two episodes of Season 7, Episodes 8 and 9, Live Amplifiers and Freaking Twitter, and Episode 9, <laughs> Useful Idiot. Ah, Useful Idiot indeed. Oh my gosh. These two episodes, I feel like, have been the most intense ones of the season. They've been my favorite by far. What do you think? I think Homeland does that. I feel like every season I'm like, okay, Homeland, where are you going with this? And then at some point, mm, they grab you. I agree. I agree. I haven't been this gri- gripped in a while. I, I'm, I'm hooked. I want to know what's going on. I know. It, they, they, you know, they built all of the, um, you know, platforms on this, you know, collapsing house of cards. <laughs> and I'm trying to go with this metaphor. I'm not sure if it's working. Um, but yeah, I've been like, it feels like the pace of these two episodes just like kept going and going. And you're just like, whoa, are they going there? And then they go there. I- <laughs> I think once we discovered that Dante set up Carrie, you know, because we were analyzing, mm-hmm. last time we were here, we were analyzing the way he treated Carrie and the way Carrie treated other people. We were trying to analyze their relationship only to discover it's all Russians. I it's know. always the Russians. I know. <laughs> and Dante really kept us on our toes these two episodes. It's like, you know, it, it, is he a spy? Is he not a spy? Is he going to die? Is he going to live? And it... It kind of looks like we saw his demise, um, but before we jump into all of the episodes, let's start with episode eight, um, Lies, Amplifiers, Freaking Twitter. And Freaking Twitter. So the bulk of this episode was mostly Dante's interrogation. Um, so in the previous episode, we picked off with, you know, him and Carrie, they were hot and heavy and um, <laughs> federal agents storm into his apartment, arrest him. Franny's, you know, um, terrified and <laughs> crying and Carrie's arms. And so this episode picks up with um, her taking her to school. And she's just like, don't tell anybody. No matter what happens, you know, I know yesterday was kind of crazy, but, you know, try to get through it. That was a weird way to come back. I mean, we just saw them I mean, rush. Yeah, yeah knock over the doors, go in. There's a naked Carrie, naked Dante, poor little girl in the room. Like, th- that was an intense way to end it. Only to, of course, come back to Carrie, 
trying to redeem herself as as a uh, an okay mother and i i thought it was interesting and uh, you know to point that out um we had a comment on on our youtube page from a daniel r where she mentioned you know it's kind of funny how much focus we put on carrie as a mother and i feel like I agree. You know, you have characters like Tony Soprano, Don Draper, characters like that, that, you know, you kind of just accept that they're not great fathers. That's just how life is. But with Carrie, I think not only do, not only is she probably not that good of a mother, you know, based on some of the evidence, but they make it a point to show, to show that she probably shouldn't focus on being a mother. I think her own character herself, she tries. And I think that's where the discussion mm-hmm. comes in. I find it interesting. Yeah, uh, I definitely see what you mean. I felt like Danielle raised a great point, which is like, if she was a man, would there be so much speculation as to what kind of mother she is? And I think that's definitely a good thing to bring up. Yeah, I'm going to say, though, just flat out, Carrie's a bad mother. Oh I'm just going to say it. Um, yes, you know, wow. maybe we're putting an unfair burden on her. But the thing is, she has shown in so many different ways that she is a bad mother. And if anything, if she were an absentee mother, she would almost be better. But because, and these two episodes sort of show, she insists on being the one taking care of Franny, even though she can't even take care yeah. of herself. yeah. I think she's literally being selfish and not thinking about her daughter. She's thinking about herself. And I think she's demonstrated many times, and we'll delve into it more in a bit, that she is not a good, like, she's just a bad mother. That's a good point. Episode 8 starts off with her trying to be a mother, trying to get her daughter from school, mm-hmm. trying to get Franny. You know, she's arguing with, with the front office, trying to yeah. say that I'm a mother. And I feel like going back to other characters in other TV shows, that's not what they do. Like, she should just accept that she's probably not going to be able to be there for her daughter in this type of work. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you're right. I think she herself puts herself in that discussion. You know, where in other characters, you'll have the male lead and he's obviously an absentee father um, or he's too involved in his work or his crime or whatnot. I think of like a Jax Teller from Sons of Anarchy and he ignores the kids. But... Maybe sometimes ignoring them is better than constantly trying to pull them in these crazy scenarios that can traumatize them. And in this situation, Carrie has the option where she could dump her daughter with her sister. (laughs) Dump is a strong word. I mean, and (laughs) she keeps refusing that help, even though that's a stable environment for her daughter. Um, But yeah, I felt like, you know, in the very beginning of her essentially telling Franny to lie, like, you know, you're going to get me in trouble if you tell this. I felt like that felt really, like... A bad parenting moment right there. And obviously, you know, it comes back to bite her later when her sister is like, I had to, you know, literally like pull teeth to get this information out because she was crying all night. And I mean, we're concerned. Like, we don't know what's going on. Yeah, I think they wanted to highlight, you know, the way the way she keeps going down this rabbit hole. And like we said, that's how episode eight starts. Like, they literally want to put you in that setting. We're at a school. Like, we go from a break in, Mm -hmm. you know, with the FBI going in guns blazing to a school and I think that's purposeful and even like the teacher kind of like pauses a minute <laughs> she's just like Franny what's going on um, yeah. but anyway so then we quickly hop into Carrie you know trying to convince Saul hey let me at him I want to I want to interrogate Dante <laughs> and I'm gonna you know no one more than me wants you know him to confess and is mad at him and I know how to do it and Saul goes along with it <laughs> I don't know why he still trusts Carrie I feel like there's obviously a relationship there I mean the show's been on for a while but at this point i mean even seeing her interrogate dante it's like sometimes i cringe a little because i'm like saul be careful like you're setting yourself Mm -hmm. up again to 
making this whole thing blow up again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I mean, he does say, I don't trust you. He did <laughs> no, tell Carrie this. <laughs> he does say this. Um, and he has every right to. Um, but I feel like maybe Saul's like, let's see what she can do. Um, and she goes in, she talks to Dante, and he kind of pretty quickly is like, do they know that you are nuts and you're <laughs> not on your medications or you're on like some bootleg back of the trunk medications and I've been telling you when to take your pills and you're not stable and this and that and Saul's like um er. you know he's just like is that true and Carrie's like well you know not the way he says it <laughs> but I mean um obviously just like if there's any credibility left in Carrie it just keeps dwindling it, away it does it does and I think you know it's unfortunate but we mentioned this on the show before you know anytime you have a, a something that you're hiding whether it's a mental disability or any sort of secret with your family if you're in this type of work you're setting yourself up for blackmail and i feel like the way i mean we saw carrie set herself up for blackmail pretty ugly i mean she's buying in the season yeah she's buying medicines uh she's buying her own medicine from like a guy in a parking lot and Mm -hmm. she has dante there with him so the minute he's being interrogated he already has all his cues ready to go like he's like no you're not a credible person to be interviewing me but to be fair While I was cringing, I feel like Saul probably knows what he's doing still. Like, he's probably like, you know, I I, I could always set this up as this FBI agent that betrayed the country, as being interviewed by a former CIA agent that fell into this. I I feel like he has this narrowed down into a good narrative. And I agree. And I also was thinking when I was watching the episode, I I don't totally rule out the possibility that Saul could still throw Carrie under the bus. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, um, she was a big instrumental part in this whole orchestration anyway um so i kind of just wanted to i feel like he kind of just wanted to see how far she would go or what she could possibly do i just think it's kind of fascinating that carrie is still like i can break dante and it's like carrie um i just don't even trust her skills anymore and even when she's talking to him it kind of just feels like she's pulling ideas and i don't know she's just very she's still very confident typical carrie (laughs) <laughs> Typical Carrie. <laughs> um, during their conversation at some point, uh, she mentions that, oh, you know, you were the one who set, like came up to me. You know, I was thinking all of these thoughts as I was watching these um, a- agents, federal agents, you know, being jailed. And I thought this was an injustice. And you were saying everything I was feeling. And it was almost like it was perfect plant. And then Dante flips it and he's like, you know, I just saw a woman who was happy to see me and I hadn't felt that in a while. And at any moment, did you buy it still at that point? I feel like there's a part of me that does. And I'm not sure if it's maybe it's a, you know, a good a good role the way Dante has taken this. He's kind of made us feel for him in a way. It might just be the way the character's written. It might just be, you know, the guy's own face. But yeah, I'm not going to lie. I bought it a little. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a it's the right answer, but yeah. So at some point he demands a lawyer and then Saul's like, "Well, you know, we can't do anything." And then Carrie comes up with one more plan. Um, and essentially they bring him a lawyer and he's like, "Oh, sign this. We're going to make sure to get you out. I know a judge and all that." Turns out to be a big ruse. A big were you su- ruse. <laughs> were you surprised? Not yeah. Well, first off, again, I think Saul is crazy for going along with these things. Like you need to chill with the carry plans. Like there's no way this is going to turn out well. And, and second of all, I I I like the plan. If you're a career FBI agent, you should know better, right? What are you doing? But I, did you think it was real when it was happening? <sighs> 
I, I, I want to keep saying yes, but I feel like that makes me look stupid. No, <laughs> I mean, for a second, I was like, the moment when she was trying to talk to him right before the lawyer comes in the room, I really did think like, oh, she's just sort of bluffing and she thinks he's going to, you know, give in right before they talk to the lawyer. But then, yeah, he has him sign a paper. There's something on the ink or on the pen that poisons him. He goes into cardiac oh, yeah. arrest or something. And then Carrie's like watching him like as he's like writhing on the floor and she wants to run. And Saul's like, you know, give it a few more seconds. <laughs> um, and then he essentially confesses. Finally, a, uh, he confesses. It was the Russians. Simone, um, you know, don't trust her. But then, you know, whether is he dead? Well, whether you agree with the plan or not, it worked, right? It worked. It worked. It worked. And it would have worked even better had it not at that very moment something was happening with Simone. Um, <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good but, point. And then I was also thinking, you know, Saul kind of letting them like be in pain for a few seconds might have also been the reason why he ends up really in trouble and on the verge of life and death. But again, I feel like Dante himself took a while. Like he was like, I'm not going to say anything till like my literal, my literal last breath. And so I feel like they risked it. Mm -hmm. And so they took it that far. But you know, like I said, it worked. And at the end of the day, worst case scenario, Dante dies in that instance. And technically, you know, at that point he's a traitor to the country. So it still would be bad. It it would still be bad. Obviously (laughs) I'm trying to help Saul here. Um, Before we jump into the next storyline for this episode, want to mention a fantastic podcast that we have here at After Buzz. It's called Conversations with Maria Menounos. Um, It's hosted by our own After Buzz TV founder and it drops every Friday on iTunes. And she talks about a lot of different whole range of topics that are great, very um, good for you as far as like life advice on career, relationships, um, finances, wellness, uh, all sorts of stuff. All sorts of stuff. And that's always entertainment news. You know, Mary Menounos was at the uh, Axis, the, the WWE Axis mm-hmm. last weekend. You know, Maria's involved in everything. The best person you could go to in Hollywood to try and get advice, you know, living out here. Uh, you know, growing up as a, you know, just a young person trying to make it in the industry or even just trying to make it through life. Maria's been through a lot. So it's a, it's a great podcast to check out and Probably definitely a lot of life lessons in that. For sure. So yeah. um, go to iTunes, subscribe to Conversations with Maria Menunos, and it's free, which is even better. Always better. Free advice from Maria Menunos. Mm. I mean, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that? <laughs> That's great. Check it out. Absolutely. Um, so back to Homeland. Um, so Wellington uh, and uh, President Keene are still like freaking out because they don't know what's happening. Saul hasn't. For the most part of the episode, he hasn't kept them updated on what's going on with Dante. And yeah. then they get a big meeting, um, which, you know, has Senator Paley at the forefront basically saying, we're going to ask for you to resign right now because we have this witness who's about to implicate your chief of staff and you in the murder of this general. And, yeah, you're just going to have to deal with that. <laughs> that was a big ultimatum. And it's unfortunate. I mean, you've, I, I think we had this conversation uh, outside of the office. But it's, it, I do feel like a lot of these shows, it, it, our show included, you know, there's other shows out there that are covering politics. I feel like the minute that a woman becomes president, woo. Oh, it gets everyone going. I know. We try to get her out the minute she's in, right? Like, yes. Can we let Keen be a president? Like, yeah, exactly. At least uh, for a month or so. <laughs> I was thinking about this same on Scandal where they have a female president. And it's like, not only are they trying to bring the president down, there's like assassination attempts yeah, and like all these like mini coups, essentially. Oh, my God. 
that's what they did here. I mean, they go to her office and you have all the senators saying, no, no, we think you're a murderer. And even if we don't, we're tired of you. I mean, she straight up asks them, like, you really think I did this? And it's almost like they're like, we don't care. We have a witness that will make it look like you did. So, Mm. And this isn't even an outsider. She's worked with these people for years. Like. Oh, the, the the callous that came out of them. It was it was ugly. I, I felt bad for her. I, I truly wish, however the show ends, I, I, I can we at least let her govern for a bit? Mm-hmm. Like, poor, like, she has no chance at all in trying to pass any sort of legislation. I was um, thinking about, like, this scenario. And, you know, obviously we've seen people in current politics who are able to weather many controversies and still hold office. I mean, <laughs> some better than others as far as like seriously ignoring huge controversies or even investigations. But I was even thinking like they're basing this whole act of asking her to resign on one witness. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, what if she turns out to be an unreliable witness or she's lying or there's not enough other evidence? I actually thought it felt very partisan and I think they addressed it. That. Obviously it obviously is partisan. Like yes. It's a even strong enough case I agree. to so immediately ask for a president resignation um and i don't know uh it was still it, it put the pressure on keen um and wellington to come up with something so she basically sends him to talk to the russian ambassador to communicate directly to moscow and say hey you got to stop this you have to pull um simone from testifying or we're going to take this as a hostile act which basically an act of war yeah which in itself not a bad move i actually don't mind that and if the current administration has taught us anything if you have no shame, you could ride. You could ride the wave pretty far. Like honestly, like I, I'm glad that she didn't resign the minute she got pressured. I actually like the move, reaching out to Moscow and telling them, "Hey, mm-hmm. no, that's not going to fly." The only problem, like you mentioned earlier, there's no way you're doing all these moves without consulting with like, where's your secretary? Your of, yeah, advisor? where's your national security advisor? Your secretary Salt? of state? Like, yeah. what, what are you doing? Yeah, that that's my only gripe with that. I agree. Uh, so. Wellington speaks with the ambassador, who in turn um, talks to Yevgeny or uh, Clayton. And then at some point they cut the cord and they're like, you know what? We've made enough damage. Um, She's already facing calls of resignation. It's time to cut it. And and then so as soon as Saul's about to go um, talk to Simone after they've confirmed that Dante's going to be a witness for them, he's going to cooperate they take her and she's gone. <laughs> and um, he's talking to them and he's like, wait, did you name her by name? You put a target on her back. And I actually, I really thought they were going to kill her. So did I. So yeah. did I. Kind of a, a, a twist I did not see coming. A little twist that I guess she and Yevgeny are, have a thing. they're a couple <laughs> and they're just going to run away together into the sunset. It felt very, uh, the Americans, another show that's been covering, you know, Russians living here as spies. It, it felt a little bit like that. I, I, again, it comes back to there's no communication in this administration. And to be fair, again, I don't think this president has had the opportunity to even be able to communicate with her advisors and try to, you know, try to work with foreign policy. Because the, the, not only are not only are partisan politics coming in to try and stop her, but I mean, we saw how the show started. Half of the country is mad at her. You, you have her own military mad at her. Like, it's, it's been rough. It's been rough for President Keene. Yeah. Um, and before uh, before the whole, let's just backtrack a little bit. 
before the whole capturing of Simone, we see Evgeny uh, trying to track down where she is because he's like, you know, she's in federal protective custody. How am I supposed to even find her? And I'm like, you're a smart man. You can figure it out. You're a smart Which man. Which he does pretty quickly. <laughs> he, um, he shakes down her lawyer and blackmails her. Don't have stuff for people to blackmail you on. I know. Apparently, she was using uh, Medicaid fraudulently for her mother while she has millions somewhere and all of this other shady financial dealing. Which is absurd, right? I mean, if, if you're going to be shady and try to use some government uh, assistance, you know, on the side while you're a, a lawyer, I guess. She was a lawyer, right? Yeah, she mm-hmm. was a representative, the, the, the person's representative. If you do that, at least, like... You're obviously not, I mean, I can't speak for the level of care. I've never had millions, but I'm guessing whoever she's helping with her Medicaid isn't getting the best assistance. So even, I don't, I don't get this. The whole thing was weird. The whole thing is weird. Regardless, don't ever, if if you're going to be involved in any sort of industry where you're a lawyer, a politician, anything where you might be compromised, that's the first thing they teach you in law school. You take an, you take a professional responsibility class in law school. Granted, you take it till like the second or third year, but you, once you're out of there, you should know better. Like, that's that's irresponsible. I was just thinking, how unfortunate is that, that, like, if Simone was a real witness and you really just sort of signed her death warrant because now someone knows where she is and could potentially track her down and kill her. I mean, this didn't happen in the situation, but that essentially was what it looked like it was leading down to. Yeah, and it's all because, again, you, you, you had an irresponsible lawyer who was willing to put herself in a situation where she could get blackmailed. Mm-hmm. It all the river keeps flowing, man. And once you allow that to happen, you're right. I kind of expected uh, a murder by the end of the episode. <laughs> Simone kind of dodged a couple of weird bullets. Um there was the scene where the senator Paley visits her. It was like in the evening. It was by the fireplace and that whole exchange was so Oh, that's right. That's to me. right. Well, it goes back to the, the the term that they tell them later on, you're a useful idiot. I feel like, again, it relates back to the current politics of the time. I feel like because of partisan politics, you, you don't want to believe that mm-hmm. there's another entity that's kind of setting you up. And the whole time, you're being set up. Your own beliefs uh, about, you know, your own beliefs about politics, your own beliefs about foreign policy, about governance, you're letting that dictate the way someone, the way... You're letting that dictate the narrative of stories. And by doing that, you're letting a foreign entity come in and use you. I feel like when he came into the house, for a second, I thought he was a Russian. But that's what happens. You're a useful idiot and you feel like a Russian, if that makes any sense. I don't know. Regardless, it didn't didn't work out for him. It it feels weird. It it seemed like he was just trying to test her to see how... Strong, she would stick to her testimony, and she wouldn't break from her conviction. But, the whole scene just felt creepy. Yeah, but doesn't that? Yeah, that's creepy. I don't know. But I was kind of like he's gonna harass her or something. I don't know because it was like evening. It was like by the fireplace. He had like a weird tone. Th- it my, was weird. That's my point. The fact that you could set yourself up to. I almost was like, well, is he a Russian? Like, is he part of this? The fact that you put yourself in that type of situation. He should probably step back and reflect a bit and be like, what What are my politics? Like, that's that's bad. Yeah, I mean, and then later, when she disappears, 
I'm sure, I don't know, I would guess there would be a log of someone who made a visit to her the night before. All of it just, people need to be careful with their <laughs> actions because they can always be construed as shady. As shady. Shady. Um, and then before the episode ends, Carrie has a confrontation with her sister um, where her sister essentially says, you know, if you don't go to the hospital or change up your act or, but essentially she wants her to go to the hospital right away. I'm yeah. going to start um, proceedings to take custody of Franny. Uh, that's sort of like the, the big final, not final, but like she's finally giving her this ultimatum yeah. because she's tired of Carrie's BS essentially. And I think, I think that's needed. You know, we, we've, we've had Carrie's family on the backdrop for a while it's time. And mm-hmm. the fact that, again, we're discussing what type of mother she is, it's not, again, part of the conversation has to do with, you know, the way we as a society perceive women and men. But it also relates to the fact that Carrie is just, she sh- she's not there for her daughter. End of story. Like, she's not there. And she's trying to force it. Yeah. Uh, and, oh. you ca- and you can't force it if you're not there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... For sure. Overall, I thought it was a really, really good episode. And obviously the ending with Dante and not really sure if he's going to survive or not definitely kept me, you know, it was a good cliffhanger. Gripped. I am gripped. Gripped. Okay. So before we go into our next episode, which was episode nine, Useful Idiot, um, just really quickly want to remind everyone to check out iTunes and um, look at all of the different shows and programs, including the Homeland After Buzz show that we have here at After Buzz TV. So much great content. We literally cover almost every single show, topic, and entertainment that you could possibly imagine. And there's a lot of great personalities and hosts and opinions and all of that stuff on there. So you definitely check out on iTunes. And they're all free. They're all free. Again, we have it all covered. There's shows before us. There's shows after us. There's shows on the weekends, weekdays. And, you know, you could leave us uh, comments on YouTube, but you could definitely leave us comments on iTunes as well. And we'll make sure and get back to them. Yeah. It's great. It's and good hit stuff. the subscribe button. Always. All right. So episode nine, Useful Idiot. Um, Dante, he's alive. Barely. Clinging on <laughs> at the hospital. And... <laughs> Carrie's all frantic and Saul's frantic. He's calling her, tell me he's going to wake up. And she's just like, I don't think I can do that. She hangs up. It's all very dramatic. I know. What do you feel? Like, like you asked me earlier, like, did I buy what he, what he said earlier? Like, ah, like at that point, I'm like, do I want Dante to die? Like, what, what? I don't know. I felt that so many times during this episode. In the beginning, obviously, when you're like, is he going to make it? Is he going to survive? Is he going to wake up? And then later, when you had Yevgeny trying to track him down, you didn't want him to die this episode. No, And mostly... Even though he's bad. He was uh, working with, you know, Russian intelligence agents to take down an administration. It's awful. Small caveat, he did say, it's not what you think, Carrie. Just throwing that out there, kind of helping my boy Dante a bit. Well, in the previous episode, Carrie had said something along the lines of, it wasn't that you didn't love your country, it's that your country didn't love you, or something along those lines. I mean, she was, in my opinion, probably trying to play him, or at least she thought she was trying to play him, but at some point there probably was some truth in there, at least maybe through his perspective. But it does go back to, you know, the way the show started, which was with Brody, and... I feel like you you have these people that feel disillusioned with their country and they feel at some point, not only are, do they feel disillusioned, but they go outside of the country to defend the country in, a man, in all sorts of different manners, either through the military or through foreign policy. And I feel like when you put yourself 
at the forefront of mm-hmm. it, you pro- the minute that you do get disillusioned, it's probably a bigger blow than just, you know, if one of us gets disillusioned here, we go back to work the next day and we move on. When you're at the forefront of it, I feel like it probably hurts a bit more. It stinks a little. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I say yeah, but really, I... You don't this, buy it? It's a very tough situation. It is, it is. And unique. So he does wake up. And <laughs> it's so funny because I feel like in the moment she goes and talks to him, I was thinking, Carrie, you told Saul he was going to be the first to know right away. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she tells him immediately after, but she chats with Dante for a bit. <laughs> she closes the door first. She's like, I'm going to have a small chat first. Like, no. Well, no, no it's good because she gets a lot of useful uh, information. She, that she does. Uh, He's hesitant at first to still say anything, and she's just kind of like, not shakes him, but you feel like <laughs> she feels like shaking him in her voice. Why are you still protecting these people? They just tried to kill you. They don't care about you. I'm going to try to take care of you. I'm going to use all my influence on Saul Berenson, and I'm going to take care of you. You just got to help me out. You got to tell me what you know. And I guess he spills the beans. He does. It worked. I, I, I will say, I, I kind of felt her frustration. Like, what what exactly are the Russians giving these people? Like, I, this guy was loyal. It's like, whoa, man. Like, what what is it? Like, come on, man. Like, there's no way it could be that good. And maybe maybe I'm even thinking of this wrong. Maybe it's not that they're being loyal. Maybe they're fearful. And I, I think he was being loyal and maybe still being skeptical of Carrie. But that speech maybe won him over, which... I, I actually thought it made her look more suspicious. Yeah, yeah, I did. You you don't want to give him any, plant any ideas in his head that maybe this wasn't them, Uh, which was the case. So then immediately after, she calls Saul. Yeah. And finally tells him, yes, he's going to cooperate. He's not that happy about it, but he's going to tell us that Simone, you know, was a Russian agent and this whole thing was a setup. And he gave her sort of this, like, burn code on Twitter that they use in order to reveal that they've been made and to just shut down their operation. Freaking Twitter, man. Twitter. Freaking Twitter. And basically, the whole Russian operation will disassemble. And so that was kind of a question in the beginning of the episode as far as should they use it? Should they, you know, potentially pull this trigger? Saul mentions there's several legal implications and, you know, ethical dilemmas that they would have to break in order to make it happen. But potential is that they might be able to not only shut down the network, but learn more about other assets out there. I know. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I was a bit confused. I guess I was wrong about this. I thought he was the head of the NSA. He's not. He's a national security advisor He's for a, the president. For the president. Yeah. So that I don't even know what kind of rights that entails. I'm not sure what kind of legal authority that brings you. But yeah, I mean, this this essentially turned into an NSA mission uh, with them spying on the country, and I, I think it was a it was interesting, all things considered. Again, with current politics, and it led them it led them down towards I, I, even even the Twitter thing. It, they they ended up towards pretty useful information that worked out for them. I don't think it was necessarily spying on the country, though. It was more like they would have to break into this essential user's Twitter account to tweet this out, which is still a breach of, you know, some uh, user's privacy act. And when he goes to the president and um, Wellington, he sort of explains... I think it's funny because essentially what he has to do is break into someone's Twitter and tweet out something. Yeah, yeah. But he put it in such <laughs> he 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 kind of beat around the bush on that language, one. Huh? But like he just like <laughs> tied it up very like you know it's going to require the use of a private 
American company and, uh, you know, having to use the Patriot Act to essentially, <laughs> as if we see this as an act of war, to take a measure into invasion of privacy. I don't know. I can't say it the way Saul Marinson said it. He said it so wonderfully. But He, he said about a thousand words in there without truly saying what he meant. And that's why President King was like, tell me. And again, it comes back. You're right. You're right. It's not spying. But once the optics mm-hmm, come out, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, and that's what he tells her. Yeah, that's what it's about. It might not be spying, but if you don't think her partisan opponents are going to call it spying on TV, it's it. you're right. It's technically not spying. And there's a lot of information like that that our government's able to do, you know, for the sake of national security. But you have to be careful because once the optics are out and the way you're handling these things, that's that, you're kind of putting a target on your head. So did you agree initially with the move that they should do it? Because once he brings it back to his team... There are some concerns about what if this whole thing is just, you know, it's a lie and you're essentially going to give them notice that yeah. you're on to them. Well, well, we I, still don't know if Dante's information is correct. That's true. I will say at I, that point, I am all for the government spying. Like, you know, at the end of the day, they got to do what they got to do, uh, obviously, with some restrictions or obviously with some oversight. But, yeah, this felt reckless. Like, there's no way this guy, we kind of still don't trust him. He's on his deathbed, but we kind of still don't trust him. And he's giving you a code. For all we know, the code kind of sets off the mission for mm-hmm. them to kill us all. There, there's no way you trust that to that degree. I thought that I thought that was a really risky move. It was a risky move. I still am glad they went for it. And I feel like <laughs> Saul made the right call there. Because worst case scenario, they know they're on to you. But, but... Dante was already in the hospital and, you know, that was kind of already clear. Like, they were already, like, he's been missing for a few days. This isn't like him. See, I think my brain is just dramatic. I thought worst case scenario would be the minute that they get a certain text, maybe they go on a big killing spree. That's kind of dumb, right? They won't do... I don't know. My... my... I mean, I guess that... But that seems extreme because it does. the whole point is that they're spies, you know, they're not trying to draw attention to themselves. It's not like a big show of loyalty. It's more like secret espionage like this to is burn your mission you're right this is why i don't work for the cia you're right <laughs> and, and a lot of other reasons um okay uh, yeah <laughs> or maybe you do and this is just oh, like, oh uh, that's good that's good um, <laughs> it works though as soon as they tweet it out they start getting res- the responses from people who are essentially confirming and then Yevgeny gets a phone call and he's like, wait a minute, did you pull the trigger on this? And then he's like, no. And then they're like, well, (laughs) this is what's happening. And they pretty quickly figure out that this is Dante. He's flipped. He's telling the feds this information and their whole Russian spy network asset or whatever is collapsing. And Evgeny kind of goes rogue, right? They tell him, hey, you kind of need to stay on track. And he's like, I don't care if I go rogue. I got to take care of this. He throws his phone out the window. He makes his way to the hospital. Get stuff done. It's funny because, yeah, so many instances he's being told, okay, just let it go. Just let it go. Simone tells him. Um, his boss tells him. And then even later when he meets up with Clayton, at some point it's like, you know, dude, it's sort of out of our hands. And he's just like, no, my mission, everything will be destroyed, you know, if if Dante ends up going. He's almost kind of carry like in the yeah, sense that he's yeah. very devoted to his mission and he does not want to see it all collapse which is kind of, I mean, obviously we're not rooting for the Russians in this in this show, but <laughs> if you were on that side, like, clearly very devoted to his cause. I don't know how you keep finding these connections. You're right. Like, that's so Carrie-like. I feel like that's purposeful. The, the people that are the most involved on the ground with these type of missions, 
Kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, in certain, in certain, when you go to school, you have, like, type A personalities. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of personalities these are. Type Z? I don't know. But they're, they're crazy people that <laughs> literally go to the extremes to get their mission done. Yep. You're right. Yeah, that's very true. All these people are kind of, they go for it. Yeah, exactly. And he says he doesn't even care about the people who are getting revealed. <laughs> no, he doesn't care. He just wants to make sure that Dante does not say anymore. He can't say anymore. And at some point, Saul's like, oh, we found someone in Connecticut who probably handles their finances. And then that guy ends up calling Afghani. And he's like, what the hell, dude? There's federal agents at my door. And he's just like, don't call me. He, <laughs> he throws away his phone. He ditches his car. But he still gets on a taxi straight to the hospital because he's like, you know what? I'm getting Dante. I, I, if this is the last thing I do. I will say, if Genny, if once he got to the hospital, he was like, you know, I wouldn't do that to you, Dante. Like, we take care of our people. But obviously, we just saw him throw the phone yeah, out the minute exactly. that this Paul guy in Connecticut. Well, yeah, Paul in Connecticut, right? I forgot his name. Like, <laughs> this guy was like, no, there's people here. What's happening? And he obviously doesn't care about him. So I don't I don't buy Evgeny. I kind of believed him for a while until I remembered that fact. <laughs> okay, well, so before he gets in the hospital, he meets up with Clayton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who's like, you know what? There's agents here. There's guards there. We're not getting in. We're not getting in there. And then Yevgeny shoots him. Yeah, we know. No, it's not an answer, guys. <laughs> well, it's funny because at first I thought, oh, he did he just shoot him just to shoot him? But as I know, he has a plan. <laughs> they go into the hospital because this man is bleeding. He's just been shot, and through all the chaos and the blood, he like slips in, gets someone's badge, and. Makes his way to Dante's room. He sure does. Like, that's that's pretty slippery there. Again, these people get the job done. That's a good asset to have. And <laughs> whether he's rogue or not, I'm sure Russia appreciates it. But they're, but they're not going to as- associate. They'll just... Yeah, yeah. Because at that point, <laughs> they, they just want to cut their ties. Um, so, yeah, he talks to Dante. And he, he's just like, why would you do this? And Dante's like, you tried to kill me. And... He's just like, nah, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, again, by that point, I was like, man, you know what? He kind of makes a good point. And I feel like he he tells Dante, why don't you give Carrie a call? Mm -hmm. See, you could tell by her voice. And at that point, I got worried. I'm like, oh, man, of course, Carrie. Carrie's a terrible liar, first of all, which is kind of ridiculous when you consider all things. Sometimes. She works for the She's an unreliable liar. Ah, that's what it is. That's what it is. So, Carrie was at... For any school because, so essentially, at some point in the middle of the episode, things feel good, right? They're like, okay, they got Dante, he's cooperating, and now they have this intel with Twitter, and it looks like it's paying off. So, you know, Carrie's like, let me go check in with my sister and see what's going on. (laughs) And then so she gets in a confrontation with her brother-in-law who's essentially like, you know what? Your sister's meeting with a lawyer. You are not a fit mother and Franny needs to be away from you or she's going to end up just like you. He kind of just lets her have it. And Carrie goes ballistic, of course, grabs all her things because that's what Carrie likes to do is pack up and storm off. Typical Carrie. And she wants to essentially pull Franny out of school in the middle of the day because she... Is in the middle of a tantrum again. Granted, I was annoyed at the school. If a legal guardian comes, you can't be like, well, you know, your uncle said that you... No, no, I'm the legal guardian. Shut up. Give me my daughter. But, well, but... I feel like if if Franny's aunt and uncle have been involved in school and picking her up and stuff, they're going to still weigh that into consideration before completely handing her over. I mean, they still do, but they put up a little bit of a fight. Fine, I think that fine. was fine. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But in that moment, I was so annoyed with Carrie. I was like, really, Carrie, what are you going to do? Take her to another motel? <laughs> yeah, we've seen what happens when she does happens. this, right? You don't yeah. have another place to go. You went to Dante, and that led to the traumatic situation of her seeing, you know, a random naked guy get arrested. Uh, a random Russian asset naked guy. And in the middle of all of this is when she gets the phone call from Dante 
which she ignores the first time, which I was happy. I was like, good job, Carrie. Ignore it. But then she answers it the second of time. And sort of gives it away a little bit that she's like, oh, what the hell are you talking about? But yeah, he could hear it probably that she's lying, that she was the one who yeah. actually poisoned him. And then, but good for Dante, though. Somehow he still sort of tells her. He's like, Yevgeny's here. Like, you have to come here quick. Like, it's happening. They kind of still show that a lot of these people, again, it goes back to the quote that Carrie said earlier. You kind of feel like your country slighted you. And I feel like at the end, he was like, you know what? No. Like, I'm an American. This is the right thing to do. You think so? I do. Because the same thing happened with Brody. And the same thing happens with all these assets that Carrie works with. They all kind of eventually are like, they do the right thing. And I honestly feel like they just need the proper push. Well... Yeah, I mean, I just feel like maybe he knew he was out of options at that point. Uh, that's true, too. I don't know. I feel like Evgeny <laughs> was going to kill him no matter what, probably. That's the point. Like, the fact that, yeah, you're right, you're right. So this whole thing leads up to the most intense sequence, which is Carrie's like, okay, never mind. I can take my daughter out of school. And they're like, what? And so she storms out of the school. Franny's like, what, mama? And she chases after her. She gets in her car and, oh, dear lord, she nearly runs over Franny. This sets off, like, her brain. After that incident, I feel like she's She's no longer Carrie. I don't know what happened what from there. What were you right thinking now. in those seconds? I thought she killed her daughter. I really <laughs> was like, oh my gosh, they're going to go there and she's going to run over Franny. How insane would that be? I really thought that was going to happen. I was hoping it wouldn't and I'm so glad it didn't. But whoa, that was way yeah, too close. Yeah, that was intense. That was, was intense. way too close. <laughs> this obviously joggles Carrie so she goes into like frantic crazy mode. She goes to the hospital, with, almost gets into like a couple of car accidents on the way. It's too late though. Dante's dead. And she sees herself. And it goes back to like she could never really protect her assets. And it it, it reminds us again that she's not a reliable protector. That whole sequence of her just sort of in like a fog and I loved it. They brought back um, quick flashes of Brody, of Quinn, of um, of Ian. Who's that um, kid? Uh, Ian. Ian, yeah. She got killed. Like oh, this is what happened. Oh, with Lord, men all these and memories. Carrie. She gets them all killed. Oh, it was and brutal. Then, and, then, and then now you add Dante to the list, which was kind of sad. And like, kind of like what we were talking about, there was a while where we kind of wanted to see him make it, and it just didn't happen. And, it, and that's how the episode ends, and it was pretty crazy and intense. It hurt my heart. It hurt my heart. That was good. It, 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 <laughs> I, it was such a great sequence, and I, I love it when we get to kind of visualize Carrie in her crazy Carrie mode. Ah. But anyway, so let's get into predictions. All right. After Buzz TV Predictions. Okay, so um, after that intensely crazy scene with Carrie and Franny and Dante and her sort of losing her head, I would hope that Carrie takes a step back and is like, you know what, I am not ready to handle Franny in my life right now. Let me just take a step back and let my sister take care of her. But that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I don't know why we, we always have hope, right? Like, why do we do this to ourselves? We know that. I don't know. I I feel like... I'm hoping that she realizes that, again, she she probably should just let her daughter be taken care of. She should be grateful that she has a family that wants to take care of her daughter. Carrie has other stuff to take care of. And hopefully, you know, Carrie does stuff that helps her country. So that's what she should focus on. I'm hoping that, yeah, she finally maybe, you know, she puts up a little bit of a fight. But she eventually is just like, you know what? The way for her to be a good mother right now is to let someone else take care of her. Yeah. Because she's not there fully as far as, like, mentally and as well as, I don't think her heart is in it. I yeah. think her heart is really all about, you know, trying to take care of the country, trying to, like, 
help stop these bad missions or figure out what's the root. That's what she really has a passion for. Even when she's with Franny, she's not paying attention to her. So, I mean, she kind of just... The best move for her as a mom right now is to take a step back. And I, think, I hope she does that. I think that'll be the focus of the next episode. I feel like I'm in, I, I've never been that interested in following her family dynamics. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I definitely am interested now. And I think that'll be what we touch upon now. And okay, hopefully cool. it works out for everyone. Yes. So um, we saw Senator Paley finally get told the whole situation with Simone and the Russian thing. And it took him a while to believe it. But... By the end of this last episode, it seemed like he was like, okay, fine. You know, I guess it's true. I've been had. I was an idiot, whatnot. And I hope, my prediction is that, you know, he's going to maybe tone down the rhetoric against Keen as they have asked him to, and maybe be more instrumental in helping the public perception of the administration and what's going on. We have some hopeful predictions. Like, we really, yeah, we do, right? I do, right? (laughs) I mean, there's only a few episodes left in the season, and so I'm hoping that, like, you know, because they still have this big, you know, Russian machine coming after them, so they should team up together, right? Am I being too I like that. naive? I like that. Okay, cool. Any other predictions from you? I got that. I, I am with you on that. All right, fantastic. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, and as always, you can catch me at Leslie Face on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me on Twitter, Roger underscore Corral. Check me out. All right, cool. Thanks so much and have a great day. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 